welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Jan Roth from Baroque Games. Baroque Games was founded by three friends, and their first game, Axon Protocol, is currently on Kickstarter. Jan, welcome to The Binge. How are you doing, sir? Hi, thank you very much for being here. I'm great. <laughs> hey, it's great to have you. Um, so first and foremost, uh, Baroque Games, where did this name come from? Um, it's a very good question. Uh, we uh, founded our company, um, uh, we're, we're, we're situated in Stuttgart, but uh, we uh, come or all lived near a, uh, the city called uh, Ludwigsburg. Mm. It's a smaller town right in the north of Stuttgart. And um, this city is famous for its uh, Baroque uh, castles and uh, its overall Baroque architecture. It's a really uh, scenic, beautiful uh, city. And uh, since we all met there and have a deep connection to the place, um, yeah, we choose the name Baroque Games uh, for our company. Yeah, it makes sense. Now, your friends that uh, you started this company with, uh, have you guys been friends your entire life? Or when did, when did you meet these guys? Almost, I would say. Yeah, we um, we met during uh, yeah during studies um, over over under other friends that I knew from studying. So yeah, we know each other for almost twenty years now, and uh, oh, wow, we've we've been playing board games and uh, pen and paper RPGs and other stuff together for a really really long time. Oh wow. And then and what do you guys do for like a living outside of board games? If this is your first game, you know, you must be doing something. With, what do you do when you're not uh, when you're not board gaming? Oh, well, I for myself, I am a VFX artist. I do mm. uh, 3D computer animation and uh, and stuff like that for a living for uh, uh, for industry uh, stuff, but also for television and uh, uh, cinematic uh, movie movies. Oh, wow. And I noticed on the campaign page, there was uh, a, a really cool uh, 3D animated uh, intro video. Is that something you created or? Uh, yes, exactly. I created it myself. Wow. And how long have you been, like, is this what you went to school for? Or how long have you been doing like VFX? Yeah, exactly. I went to, uh, I was born in, in Bonn, the former German, uh, Western German capital, uh, okay. uh, if you're familiar with it. And uh, I moved down to Stuttgart to uh, study uh, film and media. And uh, yeah, then I stayed here to to pursue that uh, career to to work. So usually I'm a I'm a freelancer, and uh, yeah, I work on on these projects. And when you're working on projects like this, the natural tendency would seem to be that you know video games, right? Video game would be a good industry to get into. Um, did you spend much time in the video game industry at all, or is it predominantly film? Or uh, no, uh, video games, none at all, actually. Wow. Yeah, in, a, in and around Stuttgart, there's a lot of uh, um, industry, like uh, automobile industry, like uh, Porsche, Mercedes-Benz. Yeah. Uh, so I, I worked a lot for companies who do um, uh, either advertisement or uh, corporate films for, for these huge companies. Uh, and then the, the film industry slowly started to move through uh, to, to Baden-Württemberg, to Stuttgart, because of film funding. And uh, so I got to work on on big uh, films and television series and Netflix and stuff as well. 
Oh, that's but, crazy. Uh, video games uh, is not so big around here. Yeah. Um, I think there are two huge companies in, in Hamburg, but they're doing more like mobile games. Um, Crytek is in Frankfurt. Uh, if you know them, they did a crisis and uh, yeah, stuff like that. Is there any uh, Netflix shows you can you can mention or that we would know that you worked on? Um, I think the 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 recent thing that I am allowed to mention is uh, Marvel's Hawkeye because it already uh, it, it aired and my name is in the credits, so I can I can uh, confirm that I worked on the show. Yes, that is crazy. And like, what kind of things are are you doing? Like the arrows that he, when he's doing the bow and arrow? Or like <laughs> yeah, for, for for example, yeah. He, wow. uh, yeah, I, I can't really talk in detail about it. It's all NDA <laughs> stuff. But, yeah, uh, of course. I can, I can confirm that I worked on the show. That is crazy. That's awesome. And then, so why board games? What you know, it seems like such a big gap between you know the movie industry and VFX. You know, what what kind of drew you to board games? Well, we uh, we always love to uh, to play, like I said, board games, uh, yeah. video games, and uh, also pen and paper role playing games. Basically, mm -hmm. since my since my youth, um, I think it started with board games with my family, like uh, Catan and yeah. uh, Carcassonne, like the the more family uh, oriented stuff like that. And uh, we moved to to Magic: The Gathering, my friends and I, during school, and then to Dungeons and Dragons and uh, the Schwarze Auge, the famous German uh, pen and paper role playing game, mm -hmm. and also. Cyberpunk uh, 2020 and uh, Warhammer Fantasy and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, then we came right around back to, to more, uh, yeah, hardcore board games, I would call them. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, wow. And uh, yeah, we always uh, stay true to that hobby. And then, so it's a big step though, right? To go from playing the hobby to saying, I think I can create something here. I think I can, I can, you know, make something of my own. At what point did that kind of click with the three of you where you where you guys said, you know, we could probably create our own game. Was that something that was always kind of there as a bug or was it something that just, as you've played these different games and gained different experience and different mechanics and so forth, you decide, Hey, maybe we can do something on our own. Yeah. Uh, first of all, this is a, it's a really big step. Um, yeah. and I think, um, I carried this I, idea around in my head for this uh, this game mechanic um, that I had in mind for for several years. Uh, don't know exactly when it started, but I I had this uh, idea about like uh, characters, and all of them have like their own daily routine stuff they do. But you can like the players can hack them and influence them and do do different stuff, and. Uh, I always thought, yeah, this this could be a great game, and there's nothing like that really. Um, and uh, I think it was the year 2019. It was mm -hmm. still before the pandemic when I sat down between two jobs and I actually started like writing stuff down and then printing my first prototype with the computer just on, on on paper and glued them together and on, on simple cardboards cut everything out by hand and uh, yeah tested this with a very with a first very simple prototype and uh, showed it to my friends and yeah we uh, uh of course most of the game 
still wasn't there, but the core mechanic was there and it, it worked. It was fun. And uh, this from whole there we went on. Story then. So the the story came first, I guess, eh? this idea of hacking into people? Um, I think it uh, it appeared both together. Like um, I uh, I had this idea for the for the mechanic, but mm -hmm. I also knew that it would be perfect for a cyberpunk kind of kind of setting where everybody is wired to the to the internet directly with its brain. And so, if you're a hacker, you can hack into people and give them ideas, like in uh, Christopher Nolan's Inception, and then they do stuff they would normally not do. So both of these these I think they they went simultaneously hand in hand. So I didn't have the mechanic first, and then I, I tried to find a setting for it. It was, uh, yeah, it it appeared simultaneously. And this is in 2019, so this has been three years in the making, essentially, I guess, right? Yeah, almost. Uh, I think the first prototype, I had it ready in, in October 2019. Wow. And uh, yeah, this, uh, yeah, this printed on my, on my home computer. <laughs> With no graphics, just uh, very very simple. And, and why why three years to then try to go for Kickstarter? Like, was it just it's just been development? It's taken that much time. Has it been your daily lives? Have kind of you've tried to have to navigate around that, or what? You know, if if you had that core concept in 2019, what was it that was the thing you had to figure out between then and now when you finally end up launching a campaign? Well, we, uh, I think we pretty much had to figure out everything. <laughs> we, we started from, uh, from zero. Uh, like first we have to like, like to find ourselves to come together and decide, uh, yeah, we actually, we want to do this. We want to try to, to make this into a real game and then, uh, try to find out how to go about this. Um, and yeah, of course we're all doing this part-time because all of us still got our regular daily jobs. And uh, so, um, because no one can, can work on it full-time, uh, there, there were times when we, when we were more eager, yeah. especially, and uh, yeah, especially me, because as a freelancer, I can take time between paid jobs and work for two months just on the project. But then when I uh, got another paid job again, uh, of course, these can be very stressful. So um, maybe for the next months, I got no time to, to work on the game at all, or yeah. only sometimes on weekends. So um, yeah, it was, I think everything was uh, new. It was a lot more difficult than we anticipated. We just went ahead with it once we had decided we want to do it. And yeah, everything took more time than, than we expected. Of course. And your two colleagues, are they in the... VFX industry as well, or what do they do? Uh, no, we uh, we have a how do you say we have a broad set of talents. I would say uh, one of my colleagues, Pitt, he has his own uh, online store. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, he uh, mostly deals in Legos, but also in uh, ga board games and and other stuff. Um, so uh, he's the he's the salesman, so to say. Uh, has a lot of experience in this idea because he's also doing it for years. Mm -hmm. And uh, Connie is uh, does it on a different level because he's working for uh, huge companies, but in international uh, shipping and fulfillment. Mm. So it's so. tough when you have day jobs, and uh, and I I think that's 
pretty common across the industry, right? Where most people that are in this hobby are doing this as kind of a passion project, right? Outside of, you know, in the evenings or on weekends or as a way to kind of, in your case, you know, you're on computers all day long. Uh, this could be a way to kind of separate yourself from the digital world, right? And and get into more of the tactile world as a, as a way to kind of uh, exactly let your mind kind of separate itself, right? Yeah. This concept of um, the video, and I would encourage people to check out just the, if anything, the video at the beginning of this, because it is so super cool. Uh, the, the story of how you got somebody in there just walking around their daily life and this hacker is going, you know, going to the town on the keyboard. And then next thing you know, they're kind of reaching through the computer and taking control of that person. And I think in the, in the example in the video, the person ends up going and robbing a bank, right? right. Um, it, this, this idea, was there any thought to kind of take it beyond the game and, and more into even like graphic novels or, or into any kind of even animated series, things like that? Have you guys kind of tossed that idea around or? Oh, um, well, maybe I, I tossed it around in my head, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, uh, right now, our first objective is to, to get our first game uh, published and, and into, into the market and establish sure. ourselves as a, as a game developer and uh, publisher. Um, but yeah, I think the, the, the overall setting uh, has, the, has the potential for more. Like, uh, I don't know, a TV series, of course, is, is very expensive. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like a, a role-playing game or, um, yeah, comic book maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there is potential. Yeah, it's super cool. I love this story. So in 2019, you started this off. It took you till 2022 to finally go on to Kickstarter. Um, what was one of the big learnings you had going into this Kickstarter campaign? What was one of the things that you, that was the, maybe one of the key things you had to figure out before you guys decide, okay, we're launching now? Uh, very good question. Like I, like I said, we, we figured everything out along the way, of course. Yeah. But um, I think um, one very important thing that gave us a big boost was uh, going to uh, Essen Fair this year. Mm. Um, and we, we had our own booth there. And uh, like before the fair, we were very nervous because we, we had no idea if anybody would even show up for the game. We had uh, built like two tables uh, that were Going from underneath, especially for the game, so it looks a bit more cyberpunky to maybe draw attention, and yeah. we hope that it was uh, that this would uh, surface, um, and we could like uh, present a game at two tables simultaneously to at least a few people. But what happened were, was like we were um, basically overrun by people. So there were always both tables were always full, nearly for all the four days. And uh, we were completely overworked <laughs> and we hadn't anticipated with so much uh, attention. Uh, and um, this was a huge morale boost for us because it, uh, it told us, okay, we are, we are ready now. The, project, uh, the product uh, works. Mm. Uh, people already asked us if they could buy it there. And we said, no, it's just the, those prototypes we didn't got anymore. So, uh, and um, yeah, this also told us that, uh, that we are ready to, to launch the campaign. That we're there 
before that, it was still like, um, okay, it's a bit more than a hobby because we, we founded the company and uh, we, are, we plan to do this. But it was still like, okay, uh, no, we're not really, really sure about it. Uh, but after that, uh, we said, okay, we're, we're right. We're doing the right thing. It's what we're doing is working and we're ready now. Certainly, I think these uh, these conferences are a great way to to get confirmation, right? That uh, that you're ready. I mean, it's one thing to have a you know play testing and, and having you know people agreeing that the game is ready uh, mechanically, yeah. um, but when you go to a show and you're putting kind of your marketing uh, position forward, right? And you have people coming up and interacting with the message yes. and so forth and how you're promoting it. That that's a good bellwether as to okay are are we ready or are we not ready right uh, we can tell by people's reactions or maybe certain reactions might think oh we need to rethink some things so uh, that's super cool um, for people that um, are going to watch this either on the replay or watching live I was wondering if you would mind just kind of walking us through um, Axon Protocol how to play the game uh, the basic essence of the game first and foremost let me just congratulate you that you guys have already funded on this campaign so you're i'm gonna put this in canadian dollars it's the only way i can see it you're at uh, thirty-one thousand dollars on a twenty-one thousand dollar goal uh you still got nine days to go so you guys are probably going to end up uh obviously much higher than that and i'm sure you guys are very happy with where you're uh you're landing um but walk us through this whole axon protocol game uh, like how do people play it Okay, so um, each player is a hacker uh, in the ranks of a mega corporation, right? And uh, your job is to generate as many resources for your corporation as possible before uh, the city collapses under the struggle. And so in what you do is, uh, in order to generate resources, uh, the, yeah, the, main, the core concept of the game is to uh, manipulate the uh, characters that uh, run around in the city uh, and hack them and uh, make those characters generate resources for your corporation. Mm. And uh, the the first uh, big, uh, what do you call it, unique selling point is um, each character can be activated and hacked by every player. So those characters that are currently in the city, they form like a worker pool, but uh, they are shared by all the players. Um, and uh, because each character can only be activated once each round, uh, this means the, the players also have to uh, fight over dominance over these characters. Mm. So um, it's uh, very, um, it's, a, uh, it's a bit Eurogamey in that you have these, these uh, shared workers, but it's also very interactive and very competitive. And um, the second thing is uh, each corporation profits from two different resources uh, and in a multiplayer game, so three players or more, um, always two corporations should share uh, one resource. And this means uh, like you can cooperate for a time if you want to, uh, but of course in the end you want to be um, the corporation with the most uh, victory points. And then I was reading somewhere that so when you're you're picking your characters, um, you've kind of can go with two actions. One is uh, you can let them go about, I guess, their day and do their, their mm -hmm. daily actions. And then another one is if not, then you activate their their special abilities. Um, can you can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, yeah, uh, so 
each character um, has like a very simple uh, routine, like uh, if this and this, then do this, else do that, else do that. And um, each character only uh, does one action when activated. So you go through these, these are like programming routines line by line and you do the first action that is possible. And uh, in many cases, these uh, actions might be exactly what uh, your corporation needs. Then you don't have to hack the character. You just have to like put him in the, the right position for you to work. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, each character also has a certain set of skills. And if you hack the character, you can let him use one of these skills instead of the routine. Uh, and these skills also allow characters to, to do stuff they normally wouldn't do. Uh, and uh, hacking, of course, costs you something, mm. uh, but it allows you uh, to have more options to, to do with the characters. And um, yeah, depending on where a character is in the city, each city location also has a special ability that can be triggered there by uh, some characters, not by all. And uh, so you can use the, the city's uh, special action as well. That's cool. And then this whole idea of it uh, collapsing under its own uh, stress uh, as kind of the, the game comes in. So the city will collapse, right? It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, what what made you guys come up with this kind of uh, ominous? Uh, what made <laughs> you guys come up with that idea to have it that the city is finally going to collapse? Um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's my uh, way of uh, criticizing uh, permanent growth, uh, capitalism, and stuff like that. I mean, it, that's what what cyberpunk is doing, right? It's a uh, um, it's kind of a, a cynical. Uh, dystopian over-exaggeration of what we are uh, experiencing right now. Mm. And uh, so for you, for the corporation, it's only about, about the growth. It doesn't matter what happens afterwards. Like uh, if you can't get any more resources out of the city, you move to the next mega city. It doesn't matter. And uh, I, yeah, it is very dark and, and cynical, <laughs> but it, uh, it, uh, for me at least, it matches the, the theme, what cyberpunk means uh, perfectly. And of course, uh, mechanically, it's a very good game to, uh, uh, it's a very good method to put an, a definitive end on the game. Mm -hmm. Because every, you, there, there's this breaking point token and the stress token, and the stress moves up. And if it reaches the breaking point, the game is over. So, and this is uh, clear. So every, every player knows this. You can see it at all the time. So you can calculate like how long the game will most likely still be still going. And you can work with that. How long do the games last on average? Um, I would say uh, 90 minutes to two hours. Okay. Uh, if you're two players, uh, it can be uh, two experienced players. It can be faster. Mm -hmm. So it's, there's a lot of uh, meatiness to the game, I guess, right? Like the, for an hour and a half. So this is a, this is, would you call it a heavier weight game then? Um, I would, yes. Although, like the core game mechanic is pretty simple, and uh, if you uh, know the characters and the city areas and what you can do where, um, there's not a lot of downtime because it's your turn. You only you do usually one action, 
-hmm. you can you can play software cards like like instance in magic the gathering for additional effects uh but that's it you usually activate one character the character does one thing maybe activate a city uh, area as well and then it's the next player's turn and the next player activates a character but uh, if you're new to the game uh there is a lot of reading involved at first because mm. Each character is unique. They all have their own routines and uh, you have to check, okay, wh what can I do with this character? What can this character do? And, oh, he's standing at uh, the bank. So what I can do, uh, what is the, the special action of the bank? Uh, so um, the first two rounds in our test games are usually pretty slow because uh, all the players were kind of reading all over the place and trying to figure out, okay, what can I do? But mm -hmm. once this, uh, this initial learning step is, is overcome, then uh, the game can uh, usually goes on pretty fast without much uh, downtime. Yeah. It's just I... that you have a lot of options because each character gives you, gives you different options. And new characters come into the game during a playthrough. Uh, this means there's new options each round. There's this add-on um, that I noticed in here, this backlit foil playmat. What is that? What do you mean by backlit foil playmat? Well, I'm, I mentioned before we built these tables for Essen Fair. Um, Pitt had this idea for uh, we, we wanted some something that uh, that looks like like cyberpunk, like it is a uh, I don't know a holographic table and the, sure. the playmat is projected on top of it. Uh, but we had no money, so we needed a very cheap solution. So we printed these backlit fo uh, foils. Um, we took our, our game board and sideboard and enough space for, for cards and we printed everything on a big play mat. Mm -hmm. It's like the, the stuff you, um, you have at a, at a diner or so these, uh, um, where, where the menu is uh, presented. So it's, uh, it's a foil, you can roll it up. And if you light it from behind, it's, uh, you, you can see the light through it. And uh, that's uh, cool. Yeah. And, uh, so we, uh, we put this on a uh, on a on a glass tabletop and some LED lights below, mm. and uh, so you have the the the, the playmat is lit from below, and um, yeah, like I said, this generated a lot of interest by people who were just coming by. They were interested, like, how did we build the table? Do we sell the table? Does the table sell with the board game, or do I have to buy it separately? And um, Initially, this was this was just a, a very quick idea for for the fair to to uh, generate some awareness. Uh, but it um, looks cool. <laughs> we, we, we thought about it. Hey, can we make this into a product and sell it? And um, of course, to to sell uh, the entire table setup would be way too too expensive. Sure. Uh, but uh, for the um, would probably require another campaign. We are, we are thinking about it to to making this into into a product, at least the, the the tabletop, so that you have something that you can put on top of your table and light light, uh, light it from below, and then um, put uh, put board game play mats on top of it. Almost like but an illuminated mat of some sort. It's a, it's a, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, we're not there yet. Uh, but uh, we thought, okay, what we can do is we can offer the the play mat we printed for Essen, so that you can uh, build your own table with it. Because uh, you you just need something like a, a 
a, a plexiglass topper or a glass topper, and you can put the play mat on top, and you need some lights uh, from below. And then you uh, have a very good, uh, you, you can create a really good cyberpunk atmosphere for the game. Yeah, it looks, uh, I mean, as an accent, I can imagine uh, that's uh, an ability to up your game uh, significantly in terms of table presence, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where do you guys, so there's the three of you are working on this game. Uh, I'm sure you guys didn't create a company just for one game. Uh, are what, what comes after this? Do you guys have another game you're working on or is there an expansion of this world or kind of where do you guys go from here? Uh, good question. Yes, we uh, have been, we are indeed working on uh, another game right now. Um, the first prototype might be ready near the end of the year. I can't say anything anything for sure right now. So, but uh, the um, yeah, it's almost at the at the first prototype stage. So we're uh, beyond the just the idea level. Uh, cool. And um, of course, there are also ideas for add-ons for Exxon Protocol. But uh, of course, this depends on uh, how how well the game sells and. Um, yeah, when uh, for me, uh, I'm after this campaign. I uh, I also want to do I, I want to do something uh, different, like not uh, still board games. But uh, I also have got ideas for for other board games that I want to explore. But um, I think uh, we would definitely go back to the to the world of Accent Protocol as well. And uh, there are already ideas for. For add-ons, like no, cities, for example. That's awesome. Well, if anybody wants to check out this uh, this campaign, I encourage them to check out the show notes. I'll put a link right in the show notes. Of course, on our Facebook group, uh, Board Game Binge. If you join our Facebook group there, of course, we'll put a uh, a link to the video as well as um, uh, a link to the Kickstarter page. Uh, or you can certainly go to Kickstarter and just search Axon Protocol, A X O N, and then Protocol will pop up. Uh, Jan, I wish you and your colleagues all the best on, on this campaign. Uh, I'm sure you guys are going to be super pumped where this lands in nine days. And uh, when you guys are ready Thank with the next much. game, maybe we can get you back on the podcast. Thank you very much. No worries. You take care. Cheers. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.